can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Hello, welcome to another episode of Spoiler Nation. My name is Howie, and I'm senior editor at IsolatedNation.com. Uh, and I'm Reese, and I've written some movie articles for Isolated Nation. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Marvel's Netflix series. Yeah. Uh, Marvel, like, have obviously been killing it since Iron Man, all the way back in 2008. And then they killed it again with the Avengers, uh, with Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. And then again with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, where somehow a, a tree and a raccoon were more popular than uh, Batman and Superman could ever be on the big screen. But uh, Marvel's Netflix heroes are the more, like, uh, gritty, down-to-earth uh, superheroes. There's Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. And there's the plan to bring them all together for The Defenders, which comes out later this year. There's no release date for that yet. But uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking about all the Netflix shows, including Iron Fist, which Iron Fist is getting trashed. It's, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like 17%, which you'd think it was a puddle of piss if you go by that. But uh, we'll, we'll get into our own thoughts on that. But um, first, we want to like go through each of the Netflix shows and just give our thoughts and opinions and some interesting behind-the-scenes facts and just like the comic lore. We'll go get into a bit of that, but mainly focus on the shows. Um, first up, there's Daredevil, which was the first Netflix series, and that came out early 2015, I believe. But before that, there was the 2003 movie with, uh, I don't know if you remember that, with uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner and a lot of Evanescence. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the, the, did you watch the 2003 movie? I don't think, I don't think I saw the movie. That was like the iconic Benefer Yeah, that's what movie. Simon Benefer. Yeah, That's crazy. Daredevil. That's nuts to me. I don't. I don't think I saw that. But I. She. She was Electra, right? Yeah. She and was, she yeah. got her own movie. Yeah, which was, I saw that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> you saw Electra, but not Daredevil. No, no. That one was even worse than Daredevil, if possible. But um, uh, there's actually a director's cut of Daredevil, which isn't too bad. But uh, uh really, yeah, the actual it's actually movie. not too bad. The director's cut, but this. The movie very much came out during the infancy of superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. When Spider-Man and X-Men just came out, and uh, it, the genre wasn't quite, like, sure of itself yet. Yeah. So it's a very confused movie. Like, it's got a bit of, like, Blade, Spider-Man, a bit of, like, Matrix-y action with the slow-mo sometimes, mm. and the visuals. And it's, you know, it, it holds up as, like, you know, like a bit of pulp viewing, but, like, it's it very much is just a piece of garbage film overall. You know, if you want to get, like, serious about it. Yeah. But uh, the Netflix show uh, is is quite amazing. Daredevil was actually created in, like, 1964 by Stan Lee. He did, you know, Spider-Man and yeah, Fantastic right. Four and Iron Man and all that stuff. Yes. And his idea was, you know, people are like a flawed superhero, so what if we made him blind? <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's a perfect impression of Stanley, <laughs> that's my best Stanley yeah, impression that's really impressive <laughs> that's good. I thought he was in the room <laughs> that's, that's all I could do with Stanley <laughs> yeah. but he wasn't thinking like too deeply about it like it was really just the poor man Spider-Man like he had like a Spider-Man-y type outfit he jumped around New York kind of thing Oh, really? Yeah, he was, like, a very, like, singless character. Interesting. Yeah, he had, like, no history, nothing, like, you know, fascinating about him. But then uh, this guy called Frank Miller 
uh, got his hands on Daredevil, I think, in 1980. So he didn't really become a real character until, like, 20 years after he was created. And Frank Miller kind of got Daredevil, and he was very much bringing it to a... bringing to Daredevil, like, a kind of, like, hardball crime feel. Yeah. Crime feel. Yeah. And he brought in ninjas, which is, like, tiresome now, but at uh. the time, ninjas were... It was, it was pretty, like, wild to see, like, more, like... It was it was pretty stereotypical, but like an Eastern voice <laughs> yeah. to this American superhero comic book. And obviously he introduced Elektra. Like his very first issue actually was about Daredevil and Elektra. Yeah. So he brought that in there. Frank Miller did uh, Sin City too, right? He did Sin City. That's yeah. where he got like the kind of Daredevil grit and dialed it up to like fucking 15. <laughs> yeah. So he did Daredevil first and then he did Sin City. He cut his teeth on Daredevil. That's where like I see. he got his style from. Yeah. The like noir. That film noir film yeah. kind of thing. And that's very much kind of what the show is uh, inspired by. Uh, Frank Miller's, you know, hard-boiled grit. So like if... In case you don't fucking know, <laughs> Matt Murdock is a daredevil, and he was he's like born in Hell's Kitchen, which is you know a small part of New York City, and he was blinded by this toxic radioactive substance. You know, mm. classic kind of superhero origin. Classic, yeah, yeah. very classic. They're, they're all like struck by something or something terrible. Happens. Some chemical, issues. some chemical things. Yeah. Thankfully, the show doesn't go into too much of his origins. It's mostly about. I him. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly about him as just like a man now, just yes. trying to be like a vigilante kind of thing. Yeah. But um, what are your? I mean, what are your overall thoughts on the like? Just some positives or negatives on the Netflix series? Like when it first premiered, do you remember watching it when it came out? Yeah, yeah, I um, saw the trailer and I was like, "Holy shit, ninjas!" <laughs> um, yeah, I'm into it. But yeah. um, uh, Daredevil is good because it was the first Marvel thing that was strikingly stylistic. Yes. Like, sure. you know, every, obviously there's the age old criticism of Marvel stuff where it looks, everything looks the same yeah. and it looks bland. Yeah. And when, you know, this show came out, I was like, wow, this is like, they have, they have style in yeah. this, you know, yeah, and for that, sure. that tinge of green. Light. You can see it in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, you know when you first see like Matthew Murdoch's apartment, yes, and there's this yeah. like purple neon sign kind of bathing his dark brownstone. That's right, and it's like reflecting off his lenses, and it's all kind of like raining. Yeah, it's very yeah. much, it's very atmospheric. Yeah, that's a good word. Like yeah. even when sometimes the plot would stall out or anything like that, you could very much just feel like you're in the atmosphere of what this version of Hell's Kitchen is like. Yeah. yeah, Marvel's Hell's Kitchen in the real world like Hell's Kitchen is this gentrified little neighborhood but the thing they made uh, brilliant in the show is like how they connected the Netflix show to the Marvel Cinematic Universe yes, yes. is the reason Hell's Kitchen is so shitty again is it's because, because of the Avengers the Avengers the alien invasion <laughs> yeah <laughs> knocked down all those buildings yeah that's right and like it it made Hell's Kitchen like a hellhole again I love that yeah so that's where all like the crime lords came in and like putting money into rebuilding it again kind of thing that's why it's such a mess yeah that's so good because i feel like that's the crux of what's the what the difference is between the the netflix series yeah. and the marvel uh cine- wait they are in the cinematic universe but so yeah. like the movie yeah. stuff yeah which is like the socioeconomic consequences yeah. Yeah, they, of fighting aliens yeah yeah they get they get very much into like the grounded perspective of yeah. what it might be like to live in a world like that which you can't tell in the 2 hour movie but yeah you know you got 13 hours 
of like all at once. Yeah. Release all these fucking things all at once. Can you believe it? Can you <laughs> believe a, it? It's literally it's a thirteen hour movie. Yes, exactly. I mean, and that's what the the showrunner of Daredevil, Stephen S. Denied. Yeah. He, actually, he denied it. Yeah. I see. <laughs> he denied. <laughs> he wrote on like Angel and Buffy and Spartacus. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, he was told that for network TV shows, for like a dialogue scene or something like that, it can't be more than two pages. Like, mm. interactions couldn't be longer than that. But for Netflix, it's like just do Unrestricted. Yeah, do, just do what you need to do to tell the story, which has its good points and its bad points because I do think sometimes it tends to drag. But it also kind of, it's very much an actor's medium now, like these shows. Like, mm. you're very much, it's very much about the actors and, like, the performers and, like, you you get to kind of sit with certain scenes and it's very good sometimes. Yeah. And I, I would say it's also, like, um, TV has always been the writer's medium, in a yeah. way. Yeah. But over recent, like, in recent times, it's also, like, there's a lot of more directorial control basically where yeah. it's like the director or the creative show would dictate like how these scenes are shot and yeah. like the style that it's going to be and i think that that's changed a lot yeah. i think daredevil especially is like a good example of that shift mm-hmm. i guess but yeah and um vincent d'onofrio as the kingpin the the main antagonist of season one is very interesting he's like a giant angry baby <laughs> but in a good way yes like it's he's kind of fascinating <laughs> he had the he has the best introduction for a villain oh my god it's amazing <laughs> just to it says so much about that one character where yeah. this guy who like you know one of his affiliates yeah. came in uh he's on a date yeah and someone comes and interrupts it and he just straight up murders he smashes his head. Yeah, he decapitates the, car the, door. He, the guy. But even before that, because I, I, I was re-watching it uh, just a couple of days ago. Yeah. In the previous episode, like one of his uh, henchmen, yeah. he says, because, you know, there's the whole thing, you can't see the Kingpin's name because he'll fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. this guy, like, says his name out loud to Daredevil because Daredevil's, like, digging around trying to find out who he is. Yeah. And then he kills himself because he's like, I just said his name, you know, he'll find me <laughs> and my family. And then in the next scene, you see him in an art gallery. Yeah. Like, and he's looking at this painting, and he's like, you kind of, like, feel his loneliness. So it's, like, a very unconventional kind of introduction to a bad guy. Yeah, definitely. But something, obviously, again, you can do when you've got 13 hours, and you don't just, you don't need to hit, like, A, B, and C of, I'm going to fucking do this and do that. Like, you can get a little deeper with, with the characters and stuff like that. So season one, like, it... Knocked me on my ass, to be honest. Like, the first time I saw it in particular, it was really something special. Like, it was very different from any other TV superhero property, and it, and also any other film yeah. that I'd seen at that point. And it was great. I mean, people got mixed opinion on his best friend, Foggy. Did, did you Oh, like I hated Foggy. Oh, really? I hated him. Yeah. I hated Foggy. <laughs> I kind of, you know, it took me a while to get warmed up to Karen. Yeah. It, she, you know, season two was when I'm like, okay, Karen's all right, I guess. It gave her a bit but, more of a storyline in yeah, season two. Yeah, definitely. At, at the expense of fucking Ben Yurick, though. Do you know the reporter? Yes, yes. They yeah. kind of like, they, spoilers, why are you listening to this? Spoilers, Yeah, obviously. spoilers for <laughs> all the... Uh, spoilers on the Spoiler Nation. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. But um, they kill him off in season one to kind of 
give her some storyline in season two, which, you know... Yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I, I guess I could, I could see why they did it. But why introduce him if you're just going to throw away a great actor and yeah. a character like that? But anyway, back to what we were talking about, which is... What, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. We're on uh, season one. <laughs> season one of Daredevil. <laughs> Um, Foggy Nelson specifically. Oh, yes. Okay. You hate Foggy. I hate Foggy. <laughs> Here are some reasons. Okay. Number one, yeah. his actor, I hate his actor. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Do, do you know? Eldon Henson, I believe. Eldon Henson. He's a, he's a mighty duck. Uh, he's actually like one of the mighty ducks. Really? Yeah, he's one of the mighty ducks. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, that might explain a few things. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> he's Daffy. <laughs> yeah. He's like fucking Daffy. He, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but. My problem with him is that he's always he always looks like he's trying very hard to act. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of Natural. subtle. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the guy who plays Matt Murdock, Charlie, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox is really good. He's brilliant. Yeah. And just every time he's acting opposite someone, uh, uh, this is um, Foggy. Yeah. He's always exaggerating, and he and, yeah. And the way he says his lines, it's as if he doesn't understand what he's saying. <laughs> like, seriously, it's or it's as if he doesn't understand what he's saying, or he doesn't know what the next word will be. So he has this weird, like, intonation. So you get, when it's he kind speaks. of like you're trying to see an actor try to hit their mark. Yeah, and <laughs> just like not, it's just not happening. And I'm yeah. just like, he's like uh, the thing that r- almost like ruins the show for me. Ooh, that's when bad. He's, when he's on scene, also, yeah. when he, he is not involved with anything of consequence in this show so every time yeah. he's on scene i'm like i'm gonna fast forward through this i don't but <laughs> yeah. you know i had the urge yeah yeah no i feel you there's there's some stuff he does which is like obviously a bit of bloat him and karen in yeah. season one yeah are investigating a mystery that we the audience already knew three episodes before <laughs> exactly it's just frustrating yeah just what do you did you like Foggy? See, I didn't like Foggy. The only time I actually do like him, and I think the actor's just kind of natural in the role, is when like, and a lot of people hate this as well, but I kind of like it. It's when he's like confronting Charlie Cox's Daredevil uh, in the first season, like when he finds out his like secret identity. And yeah, stuff. yeah. And when he's like, you know, arguing with him about it, and there's those college flashbacks. To yeah, forming yes. their friendships. I yes. feel like they have a very natural chemistry. And I'm really buying it. And I think he's, like, fine as, like, the goofball, best friend, hippie, whatever. Yeah. I'd rather that he just stay as comedic yeah. relief yeah. than, like, I don't want to see him stretch his acting abilities. Like, I don't want him to do emotional things because yeah. he's not cut out for it. He's okay when he's with Charlie Cox, but mainly because I think... Charlie Cox kind of elevates him a little bit Definitely. during those scenes, like he's acceptable. Yeah. But when he's got like other scenes, like when he's trying to convince you he's like a good lawyer, I don't know if he really pulls it off that way. Well, well, I guess to be fair, there aren't many like good lawyering that happens on that show. Hardly any lawyering. <laughs> like exactly, exactly. <laughs> and when it's lawyering, lawyering to them is like giving the beginning opening speech. Yeah. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Opening and the closer. Yeah. That's like it's just speeches for them. Yeah, um, that, that's another thing. I, I think I would have liked in the show is if they better integrated his daredevil activities with his lawyering activities. Like, yeah, if he's defending a client who gives him a clue to whatever he's looking for as daredevil kind of thing. Yeah. which they did a couple of times, but surprisingly they kept that pretty separate. Um, yeah, there's just I feel like that that's an overall kind of criticism of these like this 
these uh, Netflix Marvel shows where yeah. it's the main jobs of the um, the main characters. They're not they put to the either, wayside. Yeah, it's like kind of it's either obviously the show is not interested yeah. in that world, yeah. but they insist on adding it into the plot. Yeah. But then they don't really do their research in a way of like to actually feel fully to make it yeah to make it believable. Like um, Jessica, uh, we'll get to that. But Jessica yeah. Jones and her private investigation stuff mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, and Iron Fist and with business type oh. things. We'll get to we'll that. Get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Like an Iron Fist. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, overall, especially the action scenes uh, in Daredevil. Amazing. Another level, uh, yeah. especially with like superhero properties where like, you know, a lot of this action most of the time is obviously like CGI. Yes. Or if it's quite obviously choreographed. But uh, that hallway fight in season one, you know, in the second episode, yeah, where he's yeah. like saving that kid from the Russian, yeah, the iconic hallway fight scene, yeah, the one take. And the thing I loved about that scene is like it was one take and it was a very impressive, like it was like stylistically very yes, impressive. But yes. also the fact that he'd hit like the people, like the gangsters or whatever, and they'd get back up like after a yeah. few seconds, which it's, is pretty real. Yes, because when you got adrenaline and you're getting hit, like, yeah, you don't really like just go down after one punch. Yes. And Daredevil was like, you know, huffing and puffing. Yeah, it's very realistic yeah. in a way. And he was putting his whole body into the, you know... The punches, punch. yeah. Like, yeah. by the end. He gets exhausted at the end. Which yeah. Which you never see yeah. in other shows. You know, they're just basically invincible. And uh, I don't know about you, but it just makes me be able to buy into the heroism a bit more. Definitely. Like, he's, like, throwing his whole body on the line constantly. Yeah, it makes me think, oh, shit, like... This is really hard for him. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's yeah. like the core of like drama, if you will. Yeah, this has yeah. to be hard for him to do. Yeah, like, it's, it's tension. Yeah, you know, you feel it because it feels real. Like every punch takes a lot from him because he yeah. does, he doesn't have super strength. No, he just has like heightened senses. But yeah, he can't like throw a punch better than really like a black belt. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I guess in the show that's how they kind of doing it. They they downplay like his abilities a bit because obviously you got to do a learning curve. Yeah. He, he can't be, like, yeah. the best ever. And he's, like, six months or something in the first season. Like, right, He's just right. at the beginning of his career. He, That's he, right. Doesn't yeah. He doesn't have a suit. He's just he got, doesn't. He's got the black suit. I love, I love that black, uh, the black suit. Yeah. I mean, it, the, I, the, the original one. Yeah, it's it looks terrific, which was kind of the thing that disappointed me by the end of the season when... He gets rid of it. He gets that red suit. Yeah, which, it looks horrible. It looks like shit. Yeah, it looks... Uh, it you know the, my issue with that is it doesn't look like something that he would wear. No way! You know like, I mean, it doesn't belong in the show. Cause but it, I guess he is blind, so maybe he can't see what he's wearing. Uh, but he can feel out. He can feel out. <laughs> Have you seen those suits he wears? He can feel out a good That's style. That's true. He That's knows. True. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think just the suit stylistically, it looked like I don't know, like the Tin Man, like yeah. the Robocop. Like it didn't yeah. fit into this like pretty tangibly, at least like gritty world. But in the in the comic books, his suit is like obviously like it's got the horns and it's all red. Yes, but uh, it looks a lot more like the black suit. Like it's just it's much more stuck to his body, kind of thing. I see. Okay, like it's kind of like a mix because you know there's like Stick, who's his like his ninja dad who trained him to be Daredevil. Yeah. And then yeah. his real dad, Jack Murdock, who's like the prize fighter. Yeah, yeah. The suit, oh, it's a mix. Yeah, the suit is a mix. Too. It's like a boxer's uniform and like a ninja look. Like, yeah, he, so yes. that's how he kind of honors those two dads. I love, yeah, I love that we have, like, that's everything about that feels very organic to me. Like, his 
backstory. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think the the show, you know, overall they did a good job at you know uh, we know what motivates him. Yeah, exactly. By episode one, yeah, and we'll get to Iron Fist. It's very hard. I we'll get to fucking Iron that. Fist, but by <laughs> episode one, the thing is. You know what Daredevil's about. Exactly. You know exactly. You know what his personality is like. Yeah. You know what drives him. And you know what his limits are. You know what he won't do. Yeah. You know where he won't go and like how far, how close he'll get to that. Though. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, yeah. He gets pretty fucking close to that. But the, that's the genius of it because we know what he wants yeah. to be. Yeah. Is, and that's what makes attention of when he's pushed to the edge you're like, oh no, like this is not what he wants. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's the drama. Yeah, absolutely. I really want to compare it to Iron Fist, but we'll just do it. Yeah, we've got to restrain ourselves. Yeah. We've got to, we're going to build to that. <laughs> we're going to build to 14%. Yes. <laughs> yes. But then, anyway, um, we'll get it. We might as well do season two before Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. We'll do Dead Let's do that. All in one. Yeah. Season two, introduce the Punisher. Uh, yeah. You know, he's just, uh, he's like Daredevil, except he just murders with guns and he has, like, a skull logo. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess he ha- doesn't have that, like, ninja fighting... Technique. No, he's got, like, sort of, like, a military training kind of thing. That's right, that's right. But um, just as um, how season one, it was sort of like, you know, an exploration of Catholic guilt, of, you know, of, like, having these, like, feelings you know are wrong, but yes. you can't help but act them out. Oh, yes. You know? I love yeah. I love the running themes in Daredevil. Yes, Especially really the Catholic stuff. thing. Yeah, it makes up for the... The plot's always weak. Yeah. But the themes yeah. always, and the style always, like, manages to more than compensate. You know, he does a great job. But uh, Frank Castle is, like, he's kind of like an ex-military vet. So, like, that's obviously in his fighting style. But his storyline is kind of like someone who's... a acclimatizing acclimating whatever One of acclimating those. acclimating I always get that wrong <laughs> we'll edit we'll edit this part wait no we can't oh say acclimating acclimating Frank Castle is acclimating to civilian life that's kind of like how they bring it down to earth a little bit you know and they they get rid of that silly skull logo which I love but you know he can't wear that at I first mean, it's a uh, you know I can see it play out as an ironic thing that he does, you know? Yeah, they kind of, like, they do hint at that because he got, there's that x-ray of his skull with a bullet in that's it. That's right. And, like, right. eventually he's like, I am a dead man. Like, he doesn't say that, obviously, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. like, that's kind of the subtext in that kind of thing. Yeah. And then he adopts it at the very end and it looks great. Like, that costume looks great. I think. Yes. How they, but it's, it's hard to fuck up, but. <laughs> yeah, but they, well, they did it right. But they, they did, did it right. very right. Yeah. And John Bernthal is amazing in the movie. Amazing. He's, he's electrifying. This was like, feels like the role he was meant to play. Absolutely, man. It's, I, I don't know if I hesitate to say this, maybe it's it's too far. Uh, I'll say it. Okay, say it. I'll say put it. it out there. Go ahead. But it's like, on par with vintage De Niro, like just the commitment he puts into that role and how believable he Interesting. is. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, like, he's really like, you never believe for a moment he's not Frank Castle. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> like he's yeah, not that for guy. For sure, for sure. Like, it's very much tailor-made for him kind of thing. But uh, he was... Like, the first four episodes of season two were, like, you know, so fast-paced. It was Daredevil versus the Punisher. Yes. Because obviously Daredevil doesn't kill, the Punisher kills. Yes. He's got to stop him, you know, and that's kind of the arc. Mm-hmm. But um, by the end of... By episode four, John Bernthal has this monologue by the grave where like he's talking about you know when his family died yes you never yeah. see his family die like it's only I like that it's only through this monologue yeah. that you hear about it and yeah. it's 
way more fucking effective than any, any like makeup or CGI or whatever could have been because it's all on his face. So when like he's saying, talking about his daughter being shot, like meat was spilling out of her. And, like, the way he delivers that, like, it's more violent than anything you could see. Yeah. It really plays into your imagination. Yeah. So they... So this is where we kind of segue into his lawyering, because <laughs> Matt Murdoch's going to fucking defend <laughs> Frank Castle for a bit uh, mid-season when he's uh, in jail. Do you think that was, like, pretty good how they kind of tried a bit more to integrate Daredevil and Matt Murdoch's lawyering and Frank Castle. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That was interesting because just, you know, uh, it's a good conflict with the character where he's Absolutely, like, yeah. He's Daredevil, but he's he's um, Frank Castle's... Uh, uh, lawyer. Uh, yeah, defense attorney. Like, he's, that's where the contradiction is so apparent of yeah. him being a lawyer and a vigilante. Like, I think this season, season two, really explores that well. Like, and they get uh, more into the psychodrama of Daredevil where Frank Castle is kind of like who he would be if he kind of granted himself moral authority to just end anyone's life. Yes. And then yeah. the return of his girlfriend, Electra, would, that was, I, yeah. yeah, that was kind of like, what would it be like if he just enjoyed himself too much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just these yeah. like, you know, it's like that devil and angel thing. Yeah. But yeah, they're both devils. They're both devils. <laughs> yeah, they're and both devils. And he's like an angel with like bad wings. Like, yeah. you know, he's like a failed angel kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry about the jingling, everyone. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going anyway. Well, they didn't integrate the plot of Punisher and Elektra, who I, I guess were the two antagonists. They never season. saw... They're antagonists in a way that... They, they challenge Matt Murdock's Yeah, they're personhood. like... Exactly. They're yeah. not the main villain. They're not villains. The hand is the villain. The face the is hand. Bunch of ninjas. Yes. We'll yes. get to the fucking hand in Iron Fist. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we're in season yeah, two of Daredevil now. I'm dying to. <laughs> yeah, with my thoughts on that. But, um. I. What did you think of Electra? Uh, Elodie Young's Electra. She wasn't the Electra from the comics. Well, she wasn't, she wasn't, because, um. As in, like, how she looks? No, or, she looks perfect. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of the personality, because I understand why they changed it. In the comics, she's very dour woman. Okay, no, but... Yeah. No sense of fun, and I she's, see. like, grim as hell. But, well, you know, you got fucking Frank Castle and Matt Murdock. It's a dour. It's, it's fucking, dour it's enough. It's a moat fest. You gotta, yeah. You've got to have an element of fucking crazy fun. Yeah. She's like a psycho girlfriend. She's the psycho ex-girlfriend, and they changed up, but I think they adapted her perfectly for the show, personality-wise. Like, I was just really happy to see how you know, right, they did by her essence yes. and her place yes. in the show. Definitely. That's the thing about these Netflix shows, like, they don't follow the comics exactly, but they reconfigure it, so it's like, you could get, like, someone else who's not familiar to watch it, and they, they'd understand what these characters are about, and they'd yeah. be right. Yeah. So I, I was really, like, happy with her portrayal. I, I wasn't, like, crazy about the actual story they gave her, where it's, like, revealed she's, like, an agent of his form, oh. uh, former sensei, like yes, stick, stick. Yeah. yeah, he's part of the chaste. So oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, that's right. The chaste. The in the chaste. Hand. Yeah. Oh, the chaste in the. What hand. a name! You got the chaste in the hand. That's more <laughs> psychosexual. Drama. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I wasn't crazy about the plot they gave her for that. Where it's like, because I felt like it took away her agency a bit. Because first she's under his orders, Stick's orders, and then yes. she's revealed to be the Black Sky, which we never find out what the fuck the fucking Black Sky is. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, these. Um, uh, you know, wider threats yeah. that like are These just very vague and like um, uh, this dark superpower yeah. 
that just barely are barely hinted at. Yeah. And then we have to, uh, Iron Fist, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to fucking Iron Fist. Yeah. But um, no, I I was really pleased with Elodie Young as Electra. I thought she did a great job, and she had great chemistry with Matt Murdock and. I really I actually do like their scenes together. Like they really like conveyed the weight of like ex lovers kind of thing. Like you really bought it. Yes, they've got good chemistry. I think. Yeah, for sure. And the actress is uh, off enough in her performance that yeah. it's interesting because it's yeah. kind of like, oh yeah, I've never seen this character, this kind of character being portrayed in this off, yeah. odd way before. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. She, like in this show, which is like. Get pretty downbeat. She's just like enjoying herself all the time, yeah, and she's yeah. like not worrying about anything. Yeah, like she's just you know a victim to her whims of the moment kind of thing. Yes, she's like she's very much the wild card kind of thing, and I really enjoyed that. There and there was Kingpin season two. Oh my god! Yeah, did a couple of episodes. But that moment, but yeah. I think they're my favorite Kingpin moments. <laughs> In the whole in series, season two? in the whole series. Oh right, when yeah, he's because like taking over the prison. And yes, he's like, it's amazing. Yeah, talking with Frank Castle. It's glorious because it's kind of like it shows you the power of Kingpin. Yeah. Even yeah. even though you know he's, he's just got a nothing. guy. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got nothing when he's in prison. But yeah, but he made prison his world. Yeah, he's the kingpin of that bitch, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> <laughs> of what you know. Some guy tells him, like, you can't do shit here because I'm the kingpin of this bitch. And that's kind of where, like, he gets his name, presumably. Yeah, okay. From, from that, I guess. From, from, from that some guy. random, yeah. yeah. from that random. He's like, no, no, I'm the kingpin. <laughs> and I'm going to get out of here and then I'll be the kingpin of everything. So yes. I guess they're building to that. I like that he's just biding his time in there and that mm. he could theoretically leave at any point. But he's just like, well, we'll see. He's like, this is my lair for now. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in charge. Why not? I just lo- also love that combination i love it when two seemingly unrelated characters suddenly have to be together yeah and it happens so unexpectedly like you didn't expect them to meet at all like yeah castle yeah Kingpin. like it was just at the end of like episode seven yeah it was just such a glorious reveal yeah yeah no idea like we didn't know it was coming you know not no vincent d'onofrio was the kingpin in the credits. yeah exactly that's that's what um netflix does really well sometimes to keep you watching those shows you know, a little hint at the end to keep you onto the next episode so you can't not watch it immediately. Yeah. But uh, Punisher got his own hallway fight in the prison. Yes. What do you think about that? I love that scene. Yeah. It's, uh, it's different. It's, you know, it's different from the... I like that it's mirrors the Daredevil's fight scene yeah. in a way, but, you know, there's a lot more, like, raw, like... There's horror, you it's know, when he scene. does it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing you see, you said the Daredevil in those hallway scenes, and he's like, "I'm doing everything I can to stay alive and not kill motherfuckers." Yeah, exactly. But Frank Castle's he like, "I'm doing every, shit. I'm doing everything I can to put them down immediately." Yeah, like yeah. he's going for the throat and the eyes and the balls, mm-hmm. like literally mm-hmm. with like a little knife, and it's uh, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, that's it's amazing. It's so well done. Yeah, I think you know. The visual style of this uh, of Daredevil is beautiful. You know, it looks yeah. great. Yeah. But what's great about it also is that it uh, combines or like it marries well with the th- the themes of the show. Absolutely. You know, like there's a purpose to these to the style. It's not just yeah. for the sake of it looking cool. Yeah. Everything just like infuses like a thematic. Yeah. Like resonance. Absolutely, and then even the scene like I'm not the biggest fan of superhero love scenes or whatever but 
there's a scene early in season two where Matt uh, kisses Karen Page for yeah. the first time. Yes. And it's in the rain, which you think would be cliche, but the way they kind of infuse his like senses with her like breathing. Yeah. And yeah. the way they did it, it was it is very evocative. Like, yeah. So it even serves to like heighten the romance yes. of certain scenes instead of everything being kind of dirty all the time. Like you see kind of like the ugly and the beautiful. There's like that dichotomy mm-hmm. with Daredevil a lot of the time, which is appropriate because, you know, he loves being Daredevil even when he's pounding people's faces in. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a lawyer and he's a devil. Like there's, there's, yeah. a, there's that contradiction really like heightens the, you know, source material. Like that's what it's all about. Yeah. Did you, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the ending. I thought like, again, like it kind of traveled off towards the end when they, they have to verse like the, the, the hand and the hand. Uh, yeah, it was what, what actually happened again? They, um, there was like the, the ninjas were like crawling over the hospital. At I love, okay. That, that was, was I don't think that was the, the that final, wasn't the end. yeah. The final end was, um, the hand wanted Electra as the black star. That's right. That's right. And um, um, she kind of like they're about to kill Daredevil because yeah. they got him by the ropes, so to speak. And then like Frank Ocean, Frank Ocean, Frank, yeah. Frank Castle, <laughs> different Frank, yeah, Frank different Castle. Guy. Imagine if Frank Ocean is in Daredevil. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Frank Ocean makes a lot of things better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's anyway, great. yeah, um, yeah, that's right. And then he say he's well, he, he helps them out. Yeah, like, I wouldn't say like he saves. Yeah, I mean Daredevil. It was. But... A, the intense got a bit muddy towards the end of season two because, like, you know, Punisher's, like, shooting these people in the head. And yeah. And Matt's like, how you doing? Like, just nodding in approval. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, wait, is he, okay, is he okay with this now? Like, with people being killed? Or... Because that was kind of, like, it got a conflict. Bit, yes, it got a bit muddy because... You needed to have the Punisher show up in a finale. Yeah. Which is just the nature of these things where, like, you've got to culminate... You know, we got the Punisher and Electra yeah. and Daredevil. That's, yeah, exactly. We're gonna show for you tonight, and it's like sometimes. Is that your Stanley accent coming through? I don't know who that was, <laughs> but it might as well be Stanley. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a huckster trying to sell you the greatest story of a man. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine like the comic book like ad. You know the yeah, cover. Absolutely. It's like Electra exclamation point and the Punisher yeah. on a rooftop somewhere and Daredevil swaying and he's nearly getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> a bit long, but you know, yeah, yeah, that's the gist. Yeah, they're very, they're very verbose. Those early comics. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, um, I thought that did muddy the waters a bit, and because um, she dies, obviously at the end, she gets stabbed yes. in the heart. Mm-hmm. The kind of they kind of took that from an actual one of the more famous Daredevil stories, one eighty one, where Daredevil's main nemesis, uh, Bullseye, who's also working for the Kingpin, mm-hmm. he finds out, oh. Kingpin's using Electra as an assassin. I can't, I can't have that. Like it's just me. Like it's me alone, kind of thing. And uh, like he murders Electra, and it's like really kind of brutal and senseless, and it was shocking. But and it was like by his like greatest nemesis as well. Yeah. So like it kind of added that impact to it as well. I see. But in the show, she's like killed by a fucking faceless ninja number. Was she? Oh, okay. By Nobu, I think. I think Nobu oh, stabbed her. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that Nobu. guy. Yeah, of course you would. He's got no, nothing memorable about Nobu. <laughs> he, he did, he's cool, like, he's, on paper. He's cool on paper, but when but, they try and use him as a big bad... Yeah, yeah. He's nothing to him. Like, he's like the Boba Fett of fucking villains. He's, yeah. He's just a cool kind of design and an idea kind of thing. Yeah. But um, um, I was, I was like, I didn't mind it. 
you know, but I thought like it lost the emotional impact a little bit. Like I didn't feel it like I did when I read the comic for the first time, but maybe that's because I like the first time I read it, it was like, oh my God, you know, so maybe that's impossible to replicate. I think it's uh, also a symptom of um, what is kind of the main flaws of all these um, shows yeah. is that the two, like the 13 episode season, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, if it ended like three episodes earlier, it would have been, been more like, it would have tightened up the storylines a yeah, little bit. Absolutely. And I feel like towards the ending, you kind of feel like the momentum yeah. is kind of it losing always, steam. To me, it stalls out by episode yeah. 10. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's... Cons- Jessica Jones is the same way. Jessica anyway, Jones. We'll get to that. Jessica Jones is technically the best, but it stalls out by episode <laughs> 10. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It still has that problem. And that's the most fucking focused. So... But yeah, season two, I still really enjoyed, obviously, even though it might have had a bit more flaws, but as a comic fan, as a fan of Daredevil, it had more stuff for me to love as well. Yeah, I think I liked season two. Yeah. It had a lot of flaws, but um, overall, it was like, it was still pretty good and a enjoyable watch. And they, even though they added more um, mystical elements, like the ninjas and stuff like that. I love that. I love that too. And the thing is, like, it didn't feel totally ridiculous, like, within this pretty grounded world. Yes. They integrated that shit pretty well. Yeah. I thought, where it's like, you know, the the hand in this case is mostly just gangsters. Yes, yeah. They're not, like, this vague threat quite yet until the end, which, you know, obviously whatever. But, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Obviously whatever. But, you know, it allowed for some fun scenes, like when Matt Murdock and Elektra have to, like, steal this artifact from some rich person's party. That's right, yeah, yeah. It's very much like James Bond. It's very fun. I like that, I like that. It's a fun episode. Yeah, that heist scene. Yeah, and you you see, like, a bit, like, Matt Murdock, like, you can see what Elektra brings out in him. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, he very much enjoys this, even as it's fucking tearing apart his life and... That's a, that's a good brave choice where they made Matt Murdock kind of an asshole to his friends. That was interesting. In season two. It was interesting, but, you know, I hate, like, I was, I liked it because I hate Foggy, obviously. As we've <laughs> Anything that makes Foggy uncomfortable. And it's, it's like, oh, yeah, they're not friends anymore. That means he doesn't have to be in the show. That's like, I got excited for a hot minute. Oh, hot minute. You yeah. know he's going to be back. I know. I'm dreading that moment. But um, I I did like that they ended it with like their their firm practice. Murdoch and Nelson is just gone. Yeah, and uh, and Foggy's working with Foggy's working with uh, a certain lawyer from Jessica Jones. Yes, what's, what's her name again? Jerry Hogarth. J Money. J Money. J Money Hogarth. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, um, we will get into pretty much now. I think. Um, any other thoughts on that? Um, uh, I it's my personal favorite out of the yeah. four shows. Yep. Yeah. What yeah? What about me, you? I think to me it's my my. I think Jessica Jones is the best. I like, see. I think it's the best written. It's got the best themes and it's got the best acting. Okay. But I enjoy Daredevil the most. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm biased because I love those comics, but I yeah I, do, I yeah. don't read the comics, but I think well I guess this is a good segue to Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. but yeah, just every all the elements really come together for me. Yeah. For Daredevil, Nin, you've got ninjas. Yeah. You got, like, just gritty fight scenes. Yep. And, you know, like, strong, consistent characters. Yep. Except for Foggy. <laughs> Except, I mean, he's consistent. I'll oh, give yeah, him that. yeah, he is consistent. Yeah. Yeah. He's annoying, but... <laughs> <laughs> At least he's consistent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let's move on to Jess- Jessica Jones, I hey, guess. Let's get on to J-Money. <laughs> Fucking Jessica Jones. 
Well, this came out actually just a few months after the first season of Daredevil. I believe it premiered in November, whereas Daredevil was in April. Now, right. Jessica Jones is even further away further away from the Marvel mold than Daredevil is because never wears a costume. Never, That's right. Never That's puts right. on a fucking outfit. She, yeah. She yeah, actually exactly. kind of hates it. She kind of snarks at the idea. I like that about her. Yeah. That's, that's So that immediately, you got that separating her. Yeah. And to be honest, female-led, you know, Marvel thing, about fucking time. Yeah. And, yeah. And just what the kind of character that she is, too. Yeah. It's perfect. It's like a darker Veronica Mars, basically. Very much so. I can see that. Yeah. Because yeah. she's like, you know, you know, for those don't know who Jessica Jones is, it's very similar to in the comic books where, like, she's sort of like a failed ex-superhero. But she's like, you know... Instead of doing that now, she's, like, running her own detective agency, you know, alias investigations. So she's, like, more into cases kind of thing. She's, yes. like, helping the little guy for a price. Yes. You know, yeah. she's very much in that mold. So, like, whereas Daredevil was lurid and edgy kind of ninja show, Jessica Jones is, like, a film noir. Like, it's like a film. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very much about that. Yeah. And I think also Jessica Jones was even tighter thematically because... It is about PTSD. It's about, like, surviving. It's about rape. Yes. Like, it, it is about, like, a woman living with a trauma, you mm-hmm. know. And you can really get into that, obviously, again, with, like, 13 hours. And uh, Kristen Ritter as uh, Jessica Jones is... Perfect casting. Perfect. That's, that's Robert Downey Jr. level <laughs> accuracy. Yes. Brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. It, like, it's the same with uh, Frank Castle. It's, like, this role is made for Christian. I mean they they really do knock it out of the park with these casting decisions, I gotta say. Well I don't know about the last one. I oh. Iron Fist, but we'll, we'll get, get to get fucking the, Iron yeah, Fist. We'll get... <laughs> it's like a recurring thing. <laughs> <laughs> like a recurring joke. Yeah. Man. We'll get to fucking We'll get there. We'll get there. But anyway, we're on Jessica Jones now. We're celebrating uh, Jessica Jones. So she's dealing with uh, her main antagonist and it's again episode one. We know who Jessica Jones is. Yes. We know what the threat is. Yes, we Ep- know what drives her. Episode one, and it's this guy called Kilgrave. Not the most subtle of names, I'll say, but <laughs> it's uh, better than the Purple Man, which is actually what he was called in the comic. I would actually prefer it if he was called the Purple Man, as in like other people call him that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, Kilgrave. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but she makes a joke about that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. She's murder, like, why can't... murder corpses taken. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I appreciated that. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Hillgrave can control people's minds. Yes. So this this motherfucker just speaks to you, and you do whatever he says. So if you're holding a hot cup of coffee, and he's like, "Throw that in your face," you throw that in your face, and you burn. <laughs> yes. You burn real bad. <laughs> so that's um, him. Yeah. So she so she takes on a case by this kid. And she, there's the hallmarks of Kilgrave, yes. her being controlled by Kilgrave. So she's got to, like, you know, decide whether she wants to kind of, like, run away from Kilgrave and, like, all the effect on that, or, like, kind of confront it. Yeah. That's the first episode, by the way. So at the end, of course, like, she decides to take him on. And much of the first season is, like, really a direct conflict between Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. Yes. And Jessica Jones has, like, a few friends. She has her... Uh, stepsister, if you will, uh, Trish Walker. Trish, yeah. Trish and uh, Trish Talk. Yeah, Trish Talk Radio. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I love that. It's really good, and she's played by an Australian actress. Actress. Yeah, her name escapes me. It's Rachel something. I Rachel. Yeah. Uh, Give me a break. Her name's Rachel. She's good. She is actually quite good. Yeah, I love I thought, Trish as a character. I thought I wouldn't like her at first, to be honest, because mm. I thought she feels out of step with this, but. 
they have a great dynamic. Yes. Like a sister-sister dynamic. Exactly. They make a... It's, it's interesting because they make the main core of the, the show about, a, like, sisterhood. Or yeah. Or, like, friendship. Yeah. Between two women. And it's totally believable. You totally yes. buy into it. You get a sense of their history yeah. when they're first talking to each other and they haven't talked in, like, a number of years. Yeah. Like, you know, it's so well done. And there's also uh, kind of a side villain. Uh, there's that uh, blonde-haired military guy. Oh yeah, boyfriend. okay. That is my least favorite storyline. This is, this is where this we get show. into the the stumbling blocks. Yeah. Because yeah. To be honest, I I think he served the thematics of like s- sort of the relation between the nice and guy. There's, he's like the classic nice guy. Yeah. But yeah. He, of course, he turns out to be like a hulking, raging douchebag. Yes. Which you know, good. But <laughs> <laughs> which great, great. Yeah, you want all that scumbag out? Yeah, there yeah. You want them to like get rid of him. Exactly, and it's pretty satisfying when Jessica Jones knocks him out, kind of thing. But uh, stylistically, it's pretty close to Daredevil. Like, it's gritty, but I think it's it's slightly different. I like, uh, well, because of the uh, the uh, involvement of Kilgrave, it gives the show like a you know, it has the tinge of purple. Yeah, everywhere. Like, yeah. it's almost like a reminder of what he did to her. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, it's always lurking there. That's so good, because it's yeah. like, even when he's not around, when you see that purple light, you, you know that, like, he's there. Yeah, the presence is, is felt. Yeah. I mean, you don't even see him until the third episode, yeah. or the end of the second episode, and his intro is terrifying. Yeah. Like, he goes into that family's home, you know, the camera's just lingering behind him. Yes. You don't see his face, but you see him telling people what to do. Yeah. And, like they're just helpless before him, kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's a ter- he's a terrifying presence. Yeah, yes, but uh, quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> David Tennant is very funny. He's so <laughs> good as well. He's so good because uh, it's you know uh, I'm gonna just throw in like Aku from Samurai Jack. Yeah, where it's a um, great villain as well. Where it's a villain that is can be funny and pathetic. He's very yeah, pathetic. He is. Especially in the later episodes yeah. where you, the layers are peeled back a bit and you see what drives him. He's essentially because he got his mind control powers when he was like a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. So he, he was experimented on. He never evolved beyond that because he could get whatever he wanted yes. when he was 13. Yeah. He's like a perpetual adolescent, where which is like an effective mirror to Jessica Jones, who's like... To me, she's like the struggling 20-something trying to get her life together. Yes. That's why they're such, like, great uh, kind of antagonist, protagonist as well kind of thing. Yeah, and he's a, and I think he's also, like, a refreshing twist from someone like Wilson Fisk, where... Absolutely. You know, he, Wilson Fisk has no powers, but he is a legit, like, villain yeah. that could destroy you. Yeah. And whereas on the flip side take away Kilgrave's powers and he's just some dude. If you put him in prison without his powers... Yeah, he, like, he'd be screwed. He's always... Like, they actually kind of did that in the later episodes. That's they right. had him locked up and yeah. you see how kind of pathetic he is yes. without his tools. Mm-hmm. But that kind of develops his character even more. And uh, you also got uh, Trinity, you know, from The Matrix, Carrie Ann That's Moss, right. as uh, Jessica Jones's Not partner, uh, but what do you call her? Sort uh, of like... Boss, in a way. Boss, kind of her boss, in a way, because she pays her to do certain things. Yes. She is a private... So, Jessica Jones is a private investigator for... And she does stuff for... um, What's her name? Jerry Hogarth. Jerry Hogarth's law firm. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think Carrie Ann Moss does, like, also... 
She's she's great at playing cold. I mean, she kind of did that as Trinity, and I wasn't sure if yeah. that was intentional. Well, you know, she's playing to her strengths. That's true. She's so, just doing what she knows. Yeah. But she she is. They use her wisely. Yes. And even her relationship with her uh, girlfriend in the show yeah. is like at first you're like, where's this going? Because she's cheating on her girlfriend yeah. with her intern. Yes. And you're like, is this just part of the texture of like scuzzy people? <laughs> like, because that's kind of what the show is. That's right. But yeah. then in episode ten. The death by a thousand cuts. Oh thing. yeah, uh, <laughs> this is when Jessica Jones reveals uh, it's just as graphic as Dead. Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. It, with its violence. Yeah, just as mean. In some cases, kind of meaner because the violence feels a bit more personal. And it's more like psychologically lasting. So I yeah. think yeah, it's such a good. It's obviously on purpose, which is like it's an analogy. What Kilgrave did to. Jessica Jones is like an analogy of Fucking right sexual right. assault. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And the thing with like, you know, the purple is always there even though when even when he isn't is such a it's yeah. an accurate It's like know, a toxic fog that yeah. like kind of infects every person's actions. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Kilgrave is not telling... Not everyone on the show who does a bad thing is being influenced by Kilgrave. Yeah. But he's like... It's on the same continuum of like an arrested adolescent 13-year-old boy wanting what he wants. Yes. And like people just fucking people over to get what they want. Yeah. It's on a similar kind of continuum. So it's not just like, Jessica Jones must stop Kilgrave. Like, there's kind of a mundane evil like everywhere. Exactly. It's, it's you know, in a sense, a kind of a, well, not a critique, but it is of like rape culture in a way mm-hmm. of, he doesn't see what he's doing as wrong. Yeah. I mean, there, there's even a scene like when they first confront each other and like, I think when Kilgrave is in Jessica Jones' house. Yeah. Yes. And she says to him, like, you raped me. And he's like, come on. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even see it that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's very, you know, their scenes together are pretty electrifying as well. And there was an episode where, like, Kilgrave was, like, seeing if he could use his sort of mind control for, like, good sort of things. And she mm-hmm. was, like, thinking, maybe I have, like, a responsibility to, you know, try and help him with this. But... You know, at the end of the day, a scumbag is a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of exactly. course, he goes back to being like a thirteen-year-old boy who'll just hurt people. Yeah, I love to. that. I love that he tried. <laughs> like, I love that he tried. Yeah, he tried. He tried, but it's like it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> being good is overrated. Yeah, you know, this is not as rewarding or as instantly gratifying. Yeah, which is a uh, another character like Jessica Jones actually has a rich. A supporting cast now that I'm talking about oh yeah Malcolm. I forgot that yeah I was going to get into Malcolm uh, oh that's the yeah her roommate I'm uh, not her roommate but like she's in the same building he's in the same building that Jessica Jones lives in and Kilgrave like uses him and inadvertently or you know advertently gets him hooked on heroin so yeah. like he has to like shake off the heroin and there's like a really like really intimate lovely scene where Jessica Jones is, like, talking to Malcolm and trying to, like, get him off the heroin. And it's like, again, it's like that kind of personal little scene you wouldn't see in the movies. They wouldn't have time for it, and they wouldn't be allowed to kind of show that. You know, when you've got to take a fucking kid to a movie, you can't show that. Yeah, you know, again, yeah. you can use it in the Netflix show. And, like, you know, she's like, you know, if you're not going to get off it, then I guess you're just, like, a piece of shit, you know. And, like, he does, he does like, manage to throw himself off it. And then, like, a little beautiful, like, sort of circular manner... Uh, the very last shot of the series is, like, Jessica Jones having just defeated Kilgrave. She's back in her office and, like, you know, life's going on. Like, people still need her help. Mm. And she's, like, exhausted by this point. She can't even pick up the phone. Yeah. And, like, Malcolm, who's just kind of been rejected by Jessica Jones <laughs> yeah. so much at that point, And, like, being shut on by everybody, yes. like, after each shook off the heroin, 
because you know he remembers what she did for him. You know he fucking he picks up the phone for her, and like that's where that season ends. That's a nice moment. It's a really nice moment, and yeah. it's like by far the best ending. It is a good ending. It's yeah, great. Like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really like kind of beautiful and like understated. Yeah, it almost feels like the story could end there. Yes. Like, you don't need to see anymore. Like, you see, like, you know, one good hand watches another, or one, <laughs> <laughs> the kind of thing. Yeah. They're kind of going for that, and I, I think it worked really well, because, again, the guy who plays Malcolm does a terrific job as well. Yes, he's good. Um, we we didn't even mention Luke Cage. Oh, Luke Cage, this. yeah. Uh, you know, Jessica Jones's kind of love interest. Kind of, yes, yeah. You don't find too much about him, but you know... He was experimented on, you know, yeah. he's got unbreakable skin. Yes. He can do certain things, like, he can match her. Kind yeah, of yeah. He, uh, yeah, yeah. And I think, um, they have good chemistry. Very much so, yeah. very believable. Yes. And, like, their sex scenes together are great. Yeah, good. They're, they're, they're terrific. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because it's, like, it's things that you never think about when, like, oh, two superheroes have sex. Yeah, they really, it's like, like, they break the bed. <laughs> like, almost instantly, yeah. yeah. It, they really do a terrific job, but... The guy who plays Luke Cage, Mike Coulter, he's yeah, great. He's awesome. He he really like counters her like sullenness well with his like easygoing sort of you know you do your thing I'll do my thing then kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what kind of makes their chemistry great as well. Yeah, which is kind of um, that chemistry between him and Jessica Jones uh, was obviously we'll get to it. In, uh, I guess we'll get to it in Luke Cage. Yeah, but. Which kind of makes it like sad, disappointing that that isn't present in Luke Cage. The Absolutely, show. I mean, but I'll, I'll just say Luke Cage is strongest when he's with Jessica Jones. Like when, yes. they're, when they're sharing a scene together, it's like, like crackling. Yeah, yeah. Luke Cage is the girlfriend. He's yeah. strongest when he's with like the you know Jessica Jones. Uh, you know for sure. Yeah. But, um, that's very much. Uh, we'll go into. I'll go into the. Comic history, a little bit, a little comic book flavor. Yeah, the show. Yes, yeah, a little bit of trivia. See, um, Jessica Jones is like a very recently created character. Oh, okay. she came out in two thousand and one, I believe, and like she was the first in this uh, Marvel uh, line called Max Max Imprint, which is like pretty much explicitly adult content. Yeah, there's one on the on the Punisher one, which is you know so like creators can do whatever they want. They can create their own thing and like they can go as far as they like, and there's no holds barred kind of thing. But in the comic, Kilgrave doesn't factor in as much. I mean, obviously there's still like the lingering effect of what uh, he did to her, but it's the series is much more about her trying to live her life kind of day by day, like while she's doing other cases, which kind of leads into the floor of this show is kind of ignore a job a bit. Like again, mm. like she doesn't. She's very focused on Kilgrave, where they, they forget that key mundane aspect of her. She has other shit to do. She's got to pay the rent. Like, that's kind of the thing of Jessica Jones. She's got to pay her fucking rent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, you know, they kind of side... I mean, it's still fascinating, like, the Jessica Jones versus Kilgrave stuff, but I kind of did miss, like, her taking on other people's, like, problems and, like, figuring them out and her just doing her thing. Yeah, you know? that's uh, that's actually what I was... When I heard about this... Uh, show mm -hmm. i was excited to see essentially superhero veronica mars yeah where she you know she has powers but you know it's about her taking on i i was hoping for a kind of a procedural in, in that sense that's kind of what i hope for too which is yeah. weird because you think she actually does not do much detective work she doesn't like she doesn't it's really just like seeing someone 
and she snaps the camera yeah. and kind of thing and like she just happens to see them on a street corner yeah. or something like that. She doesn't in fact I think Trish actually does more investigation than she does. Oh my god, you're right. Because she would like, hey, I found this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you'd be like, holy shit, Trish, that's really, some really good information that you found. Thank God. And like, <laughs> one of us is a detective. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. What, what a podcast you have. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did miss that, and they very much had that in the comics, and I think the idea of like a person just having to like, you know, a trauma happened to them and they have to get out of bed the next day, and they have to do something they don't really want to do, but they got to pay the rent. Yeah. And they got to do these things that aren't leading them to a goal, which yes. in, in this case is Stop Kilgrave, kind of hampered the the sort of, I don't know, the how would you put it? It's like, it sort of hampered the theme of like, how to how you kind of move through a trauma where you're going to, you have to yeah. do everyday life shit yes. that you don't feel like doing. That's right. That's right. It it did ham- like it made for a focused thriller, but it was at odds with the deeper emotional stuff I felt like. Yeah, which is weird because uh, you could feel at the point of episode 10, they ran out of things to say. They did, for sure. It was just and, running in circles at that point. Yeah, I would watch like, just an episode of her just trying to solve a case where it's like a missing dog. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I would watch an hour of that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, give us more like character, basically. Take a yeah. breather. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they kind of just went full steam ahead and then lost some steam at the end. And then they just like put in a few like plot fillers where yeah. it's like, okay, but. Oh, like now, we, now he's going to get a virus and give everyone yeah. fucking mind control. Yeah, that was, it got messy. It got messy. And it's like you're, you're stretching for stuff for him to do. Like, yeah. he's, he's already a threat. Like, yeah. What, what, what's the bigger jeopardy like you know what I mean like yeah, all exactly. these faceless people that we know it's not going to happen to them because yeah. the show doesn't have the budget to show that kind of thing and also if he does that that's when like Avengers are stepping in at that yeah, point yeah fucking like, Iron Man would kill him in a second yeah you know what I'm saying like, yeah. it's never going to the threat is never going to be a city threat yes you know what don't I'm saying? make it like, like that it's personal I think that was a, a mistake on their part yeah so. Like, basically make it bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Because you kind of assume that he could do that, you know what I mean? I didn't know it really had a range, like, yeah. like I, you didn't. You weren't aware that, oh, he could just do it in, like, you know, yeah, it's like when direct they, person. When they got to that in the show, I was like, is this a problem to deal with now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's just get back to the character Is that really shit. the threat? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, you know, I didn't mind when he, like, controlled Luke Cage, and now she's got to beat Luke Cage. I love that because... That was cool it, because it was like... like Someone she cares about, she's yes. now to like put down. And I think it's also like the strengths like don't matter here. Yeah, because and I think that's the my favorite part about Jessica Jones is the use of like it's a pa- like powers are displayed in yeah. this show, but it's in a way that feels realistic. Yeah, like, like and like yeah. no CGI needed because it's just people doing what he says. Yeah, yeah. And which is so good. It's like the perfect power. And if um, you have a low budget. It's thing. exactly and like when like Luke Cage or Jessica Jones swats somebody, they look kinda of bored, like, oh come on, really? Like <laughs> are you gonna really try and hurt me? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> what you know that scene where like uh he's like threatening to make everyone kill themselves in the police station. That was really tense. Amazing. Great, and yeah. all it took was just for the actors to just Put a do it. Fake gun to their yeah. head. Yeah. It's so good. That was one of the like best uses of his like him using his power. Yes. Like, where it's like, oh my God, you know, who needs like an injection to make his powers bigger when this is 
pretty fine on its own. Exactly. He could yeah. do it with the whole police station. Just, like, tell the cops to, like, kill everyone they see. you got a yeah. bunch of people with guns. What else yeah. do you need? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, like, that's obviously a victim to... Maybe this series focusing a little too much on, like, a, you know, we've got to stop this guy kind of thing. And also, like, too many episodes. Yeah. But uh, any any final thoughts on Jessica Jones before uh, we move on? I I love that um, Trish is like in the background of the other shows where they kind of mention oh this person mm. in a, like I think there was a poster of in Luke Cage or something like oh that. yeah they kind of connected it in yeah, a subtle yeah, way yeah yeah I actually uh, there are some hints with Trish mm-hmm. that I'm excited to see where she goes oh you know she is a she is a Technically a superhero. Technically. She's got a little costume. I think she's called Hellcat. Hellcat? Hellcat. Okay, interesting. I I don't know how... Yeah. I don't know how they'll tie that in. That seems a bit too, like, cartoonish. Yeah, very much so. But um, I just like that they're just these people with different jobs out there. Yeah, Like, he does a podcast. Yeah. Karen is a journalist. Yeah. (laughs) They've got, like, pretty ordinary jobs. It's very interesting. So, um, but Jessica Jones is, you know, is good... And, um, yeah, like, it explores, like, really good themes, even if, ultimately, they don't really do it. Execution-wise, it's not the best. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, overall, yeah, it's good. And I'm just, I love that, like, the best thing they did is to to introduce the character of Jessica Jones. Yeah, she's, she's, like, man, she is, like, the star of her own show, for sure. Yeah, Like, no one ever, like, David Tennant's greatest Kilgrave. Yeah. Again, like, Jessica Jones, like, she's enough to, like, sustain more yeah. seasons of shows. I ju- yeah. I yeah. just can't wait uh, for her to interact with, like, um, Daredevil. Me too. That's what I'm most excited for. I'm so excited for that. Because I really think they're going to, like, you know, not get along. Yeah, she's yeah. so, like, flippant about <laughs> yeah. everything. So. Yeah, I think, you know, their scenes together would practically write themselves. Yeah. But we'll see later this year when that comes out. Oh, um, yeah. The Defenders is not far, you guys. Like, it's, it's really close. <laughs> Especially in the Punisher. Do we have a date? No, it just says like 2017. Interesting, interesting. And um, the Punisher's getting his own series this year. They're just pumping these fucking shows yeah. out. I can't even keep up and I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's but move on to... Luke Cage, I yes. guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Luke Cage was uh, created in 1972 and uh, he was very much inspired by black exploitation movies like, you know, Shaft. Yes, I see and, that. Uh, Superfly. I see that. I see that. It's very much into that and... Uh, we had our first woman superhero. Now we've got our first black superhero headlining his own series. But, um, you know, I don't know. I like the textural elements of, like, the hip-hop soundtrack is very different. Yeah. And I like the setting of Harlem. And yes. Like, I like the little conversations that happen. And I like some of the characters. I don't like all of them. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Right? We will. I think Luke... <sighs> it's Shades, your favorite character, I'm sure. Uh, Shades. <laughs> You know, like, Shades is cool, uh, you know, Shades is cool at first, but they don't, you know, like many things in this show, they don't do anything interesting Yeah, with they it. don't, anyway, yeah. But they had a fucking Academy Award winner now. What's his name, Mahasha Ali? Yes, Mahasha Ali, as, uh, as, as um, Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. He's like the villain of the first five episodes, and... He's good, he's the actor great. is good. He's great in this show, like, he brings this kind of low-key menace where, like, you don't quite know whether he's being friendly or menacing. Yeah, yeah. In any given scene. And I like that they shifted away from the kitchen, because Jessica Jones was set in Hell's Kitchen. 
And it, yeah, because this is in Harlem. This right. is in Harlem. Yeah. And like they, like even the opening credits, like a love letter to Harlem. Like it's got mm. all these like little references and, you know, it's really beautiful. And like there's obviously like a respect and like a reverence of like, you know, they want to steep it in black culture. Like there's some allusions to like black literature, like um, Luke Cage reads The Invisible Man, which is like, you know, a book written from by an African-American in like 30s America. That's right. Yeah. Guy living underground. You yeah. Know? And that's like Luke Cage in this show. Like, he's like, I don't want to fucking, you know, be seen. Like, mm. I just want to, like, do my job and live my life and not be bothered by shit. Which, you know, like, I don't know about that. Because the thing I liked about Luke Cage from the comics, which I didn't think they captured in the show as well, is that this guy will, like, he'll help you out, but he'll do it for a price. Like... And is that what his yeah, thing is? His thing is because like, that yeah. doesn't come across. Like that's not doesn't the come show. across. That doesn't come across at all. Like, that's he, not the Luke Cage he, version. Yeah, he, on he's the just show. a dude in this show who like runs away from his responsibilities. Yeah, for like uh, like ten episodes at least. It feels like yeah, like he doesn't really want to engage. Yeah, and it's like you know they could have really changed pace because by their nature and it's kind of appropriate. Daredevil and Jessica Jones are like dour people. But Luke Cage is just like a guy who's like, I'll throw myself in there. I don't give a fuck. Like, I got unbreakable skin. Yeah. Like, he can't be hurt. Exactly. So I, he's like, what? I'll use my services. You just got to pay me money. Yeah. And I think that's like, you mentioned like, yeah, uh, the, the fact that you mentioned it's the comics are based on black exploitation movies. Yes, yeah, very much so. That doesn't come across at all no, in this show. It's, it's like a dreary, like boring. Yeah clinical drama like yeah and like there's no it's almost like aside from the stylistic stuff there's like no identity to the story itself that is a good ju- juxtaposition with daredevil where everything is like works well together yeah everything's in sync everything feeds into one another the yeah. style the themes it's and what the characters are finally oiled machines so yeah exactly whereas in luke cage you could tell like uh, they're just using the music which is good yeah as a crutch yeah, like, absolutely. hey, it's kind of like just um, it's a neutral scene. Yeah. They put that music on. It's like, yeah. hey, this is a scary moment now because scary music is playing. Yeah. Like, that's like a crutch that they use to create this atmosphere of black exploitation yeah. style stuff. But it's like, they're not doing that. I mean, it's, it's, what's it's, on screen yeah. isn't what's happening. It's it's evident in like I think episode three, Luke Cage gets his own hallway kind of scene. A lot of hallway scenes in these shows. But <laughs> he goes to like stop these people and like they're playing. I think it's like a tribe called Quest. Oh yeah, of course. Like and um, you know he's like stopping all these people, and the music's great, but the choreography and the execution is like so boring. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know he's nothing can really hurt him, and they just they keep shooting at him. That is a, yeah exactly. So. They obviously, like, later in the series, they introduce this thing of, there's some Judas bullets that can pierce his skin. Yeah, I, I feel like that... It's just a way, it's it's like, it's nothing more than a contrivance to be like, it can be hurt now, but it's yeah. like, now he's just some dude. Like, what, what else is there if he, yeah. if he can get hurt? It misses, I think, what this show did, or the creators of this show completely misses the mark of why like this character was originally conceived which yeah. was why have a you know why have a character that is unbreakable yeah exactly you know? and they kind of i think that i don't know annoys me about it is they allude to these interesting things because the show is pretty timely like it came out you know right it's coming out right at the height of like black lives matter and you know like yeah. a black dude in a hoodie 
who can like who is bulletproof. That's Uh, that's that's pretty fucking timely. That's prime for you know good social commentary. Yeah, and they just refuse to do it. They yeah in favor of this like bland story. They saddle it with generic superhero storytelling, which is just big bad with a thing that's his weakness. Yeah, yeah. He's like especially oh. Motherfucker. Okay, they get rid of the main guy, Cottonmouth. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Cottonmouth first, though. Like Cottonmouth, okay. Mariah. Yeah. Played by Mariah's sister. Yeah. Yep. What? Who is she played by? Alfred uh, Woodard or something. Alfred Wood. Wait. Hey, uh, I look her up. Keep talking. All right. So, uh, there's you know that weird sibling rivalry thing, and yeah. you know it plays into you know kind of the Harlem feel of it, where it's, they run a club, like a music club, yeah, and you know, but there's an underbelly kind of situation. Yeah, they're like, like they they've got their hands in the unscrupulous pies, so to speak. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. they're kind of running it, but they're in like a position. They're like rising. Yeah, you know, then yeah. yeah, there's an interesting story there. Like it's yeah. so interesting because. You know, they delve into their past where it's, you know, she was assaulted. Yeah. Sexually assaulted by... Her you know, uncle or something. Yeah, her uncle. Yeah. And just, um... And I thought this was... The whole show is going to be about... Obviously, they don't have powers, right? Yeah. They don't yeah. have powers. They're gangsters. They're gangsters, yeah. but they don't have powers. How are they going to stop someone who is unstoppable? Yeah. You know, public opinion. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. thought that was where it was going to go, which is... She's going to deal with Luke Cage in a way that's like the thing that is not hit what his his strengths are. Yeah, which is and it would kind of like challenge him to like come out of fucking hiding and be like, you know, this is who I am. Like, yeah. I'm not a bad guy. I'm yeah. just trying to live my life. Exactly. And you know, I'll help you out, but you're gonna pay me. And yeah. I thought they they kind of hinted that in episode five where he was helping a bunch of people. Yeah. And yes. he's in the suit and yeah. he's like, oh, you need help, and then they completely fucking ditch that. It goes off the rails completely. Yes. Yeah. When. Alfre Woodard, I just looked her up actually, who kills Cottonmouth, she becomes kind of the new villain. I loved that. Yeah, no, I loved it. Turn. When Cottonmouth, she kills Cottonmouth, I was just like, is the show going to be amazing now? That's what I kind of thought. It's like, it's a turning point. Yeah, like, this is so good. This is like, unpredictable because, you know, she just, what is she, smashing with a mic? Yeah, or yeah, something? yeah. It was really, you know, brutal. Yeah, and, and then like, they, nope, they replaced... They just replaced him with the lamest... A bigger... Uh, villain possible. The worst. He's the, the worst. The worst. Not the worst. We'll get to Iron Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> yes. fucking show. Yeah. But Diamondback, that's his name. He's like Luke Cage's brother or something? Yeah. I, also, are you kidding me with this brother bullshit? Yeah, yeah. What is, like, what is this soap opera? Like, why, why does it he, matter he that he's his brother? He comes from fucking nowhere. Yeah. And the, his, like, motivation is something like, you know, Luke Cage got the love and I yeah. didn't get the what? love. Yeah, what? Like, are you serious right like, now? When was this set up? Like, like yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm the, I I don't, don't give five, a shit. Yeah, I didn't I watch don't... five hours of Luke Cage to get to fucking brother. Yeah. Like, like why? <laughs> hinted at. You know, I, I don't know if you've seen, um, uh, no, this is like spoiler for a James Bond movie. Spectre? Yeah. Oh, that came out like a couple of years ago. Spoiler away, though. <laughs> but, you know, it's the same thing of like, it, you know, the big bad for Spectre is that uh, is that he's his brother. Yeah. And it's just like, who gives a shit whether they're related or not? Like, people yeah. need, treat this as a plot point of like secret family. But it's yeah. like, no one gives a shit. More to the point, the main characters don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't affect them. It doesn't. it doesn't change their attitude. Like he could just be a random bad guy. Yeah, he could be anybody, and it wouldn't change what Luke Cage does. 
for the rest of the series, which is run away, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, not really do anything. It makes no sense that, like, the big power against him is just a gun that can kill him. Yeah, or some dude with a super suit. Like, at the end, he gets, yeah. you know, but we'll get to that a bit later. But um, the thing is, like, it's such a shame. Like, it hurts even more because I like some of the characters before that, that went off the rails, like Pop, like the guy who run the barbershop, who was um, where Luke Cage worked. Like, you know, I really liked his character. Like, he had, like, a sense of history. Yes. And he yes. was quite complicated. And yeah. I, I liked his... And when he got shot, it was like, oh, the stakes are escalating. Yeah. But it's like, for all the direction it went, he might as well not have gotten shot. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter, like, essentially. Yeah, like, exactly. They didn't, really, they didn't really go back to that. Like, it didn't lead anywhere. Yeah. It was it was a big problem. I think, I think that's... It's very unfocused. This whole that this the Luke Cage like the first season is just they don't really know where they want to go. The, the ironic thing is that the most focused and best episode of the show is which is which is kind of derided in concept is the origin story. Yeah. Yes. When he gets his yes. powers and when he escapes from prison, yeah, you know you got motivation. Yeah, you got things happening. Yeah, like you got like, what am I going to do now? Like you know, yeah. my name's Luke Cage now, not <laughs> Carl Lucas anymore. Yeah. I was a cop. Like. You're getting fed all this information, and like you see Luke Cage change in that episode when they just use him to like fight other prisoners yeah. as well. Like they just yes. pay him to do that. They use him as a gladiator, and it's really affecting episode. I think it's the sixth episode. I, I think it's like yeah. episode six. It's it like, came, you know. I think it, it it came a little too late. It came pretty late because you we need that. You need, yeah, you need that, especially early on. if you're going to introduce that brother bullshit at the end. Yeah, like that was just. I don't even know if that was hinted at. It was hinted at because it was. It? Well, I mean, he was framed. That's right. Something. Oh yeah, because he was framed by the yeah. brother, but he could have been framed by anybody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, don't, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? It could have been like anybody, but um. That was a really great episode, and they even kind of homage his comic book look when he's got like the metal gear on his when head he and the yellow shirt. Yes, and he just looks at himself. He's like, "Look like a damn fool." <laughs> I, thought, I love that. That was very cute. That was funny. That was very nice. And you see a bit, you know, a bit of his interaction with his future wife, which you don't get in any other episode. Yes, so you kind of like understand his loss a bit more. Um, yeah, but there, there was one thing about that whole thing that they set up that was uh, clumsily done is that thing of. Um, the wife saying like, "Oh, it's a long story, but I'll tell you in the future." Oh, then um, she like that. Yeah. She is involved with the um, the experiment. Yeah, the experiment. That's because right. if I were Luke Cage, I'll be like, "Okay, this is the next day now. What's going on?" No, you got to save that for some for like years 10. later. Yeah, because they've they've nothing else, so they yeah. got to do something in episode. <laughs> But like, like yeah, it just doesn't make sense that Luke Cage. You know, there's a lot of mystery around why what what, uh, what happened to you. You're just accepting it, and then yeah. that's for years, and like not ask her every day. Like, yeah. hey, what was that? Yeah, like, come on, like I need to know now. Yeah, it's kind of changing it my just whole doesn't, life. Yeah, exactly. But like, but, just from a, I don't know, from a, I think, I guess, from a structural point of view of like, you know, hitting certain story beats and like characters evolving. That episode was the best one, man. Like, it was, it was, yeah. And, like, the finale was, up until that point, we'll get to fucking Iron Fist, but up until that point, that was the weakest finale by far. It was. Because uh, it just completely stalled out, and then he just goes back to jail. Like, he versus his brother in a fist fight. Yeah, And everyone's, yeah. like, cheering for Luke Cage, and I'm like, 
did he earn anybody's affection yet? Like maybe like when he like you know helped out some people. Like I guess he helped out some people, but I wish they built that more. Like it would have gone back to the thing of like. Yeah, I'll help you out because you know what else am I gonna fucking do? Yeah, they didn't really. They use, didn't build. Yeah. He, they didn't earn that scene. They didn't earn that that scene, and I would have. It kills me because I would have loved that scene so much. Yeah, if they even slightly earned it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they really I, didn't. That's a good like analogy for what uh, Luke Cage as a show in general. It's because it's a show that I wanted to love. Me too. But they I was didn't. So excited. They just like. Put up so many things that stopped me from. There were too many barriers. It. Too many barriers. There were too many things you had to kind of overcome. And uh, shit, we didn't even talk about Misty Knight. Like we did. The cop girlfriend. <laughs> the cop, yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, she's kind of like emblematic of the show itself because I adored her at first. I thought she's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. what, where's her? Where's she going? And then they stuck her in this cycle of. Uh, I don't even know, like this weird conflict between her and her superior. Yeah, where it's and, like, and it's like I don't even know where this it's is a really never-ending, like unrealized, underdeveloped yeah. conflict. Where yeah. it's like, I don't think I care about this, and I don't yeah. understand what's going on. Here. And then they they go into her like backstory at the most inopportune time, which is the time where you least care for her because you're just sick of her shit by yeah, that point. Exactly. And this is also like obviously in the latter half of the season when it goes off the rails. Yes. She's just one spoke of the wheel, so to speak, that kind of like just trails off into nowhereville. But uh, you know, the actress who plays her, Simone Missick, I believe. <laughs> Simone, I'll take your word for it. I think it's Simone Missick. Wait, yeah, Simone Missick. Oh, oh you got it. Yeah, you got it. Right on. She does, you know, she does great when like, you know, the character is singing, obviously. I yes. mean, all the actors do a good job. And uh, Rosario Dawson, who's been in all the Netflix I can't shows, believe we, this is... Uh, she's kind we of, yeah. waited till now to talk about her. Yeah, I mean, I guess because, well, you know, she plays the biggest role in Luke Cage. She she has the most mm. episodes in that. But... She has, but um, she is by far my favorite character of all these shows. See, the thing about... The thing why she's so great, I feel, is that she's, she's able to get anything... And she makes it feel like she just thought of it on the spot. Yes. Like, there's such believability to her character. Rosara, yeah, Rosara she's, Dawson. She's so is underrated, just man. Like, she should have had an Oscar by now. She should have yeah. had an Oscar, or, like, for sure. Like, yeah. she's so good. She's the secret weapon she is. of this show. And she's in the most thankless role of she providing is. exposition and patching heroes yeah. up. Yeah. I, I, That's her yeah. role. But, like, she's, like, perhaps maybe, you know, the most three dimensional character. Whenever she shows. So. When she showed up in Luke Cage, it re- I was losing interest. So when she yeah. showed up, it re-energized yeah, the like, show. Oh my god, I'm so happy to see yeah. her. And she, like, when her she kicks, scene, when she like fights that, someone, she's getting mugged and she's yes. just like, fuck off. Like, you know, yeah, she's like was, fighting him off. It's so good and it makes me want like, uh, I want a show about like her instead. Absolutely. It's like, I love that, like, because you just know she just fought off some ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you ain't shit. Like, yeah. what are you doing? I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, just some, like, heavy thief. Yeah, I just saw a bunch of swords and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. I don't care. But, um, um, she was great, like, even when she was, you know, she's, given the role of the, just the girlfriend. And that she's set it. up as the love interest for... For Luke Cage. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, but, you know, of, like, her job is to heal, but then there's this guy who can't get yeah, hurt. Absolutely. But they squand- squandered it. They don't really like. They don't go anywhere with it. Yeah. Yeah, and eventually she kind of does have to heal him because he has to put an acid bath to get that magic bullet out. Yeah, of him. that's right. That's right. You know, and so obviously, like, I didn't like that whole scene. I didn't like it either. It was... 
just boil. It, it was also kind of disgusting because it's like they were boiling him. <laughs> it's like okay, like they were boiling him to soften his skin. It's, it's like just, what is he a steak? What? Like how does that work? Yeah, and how's that also, not killing him? Like yeah. he's just got unbreakable skin. I, exactly. Like if you put him in lava, he'll fucking die. And like this is like you know on that level, right? Yeah, like it was very hot that water. Um, or whatever it is. Yeah. But, um, I think, uh, also, they set up, her, set her up as a love, potential love interest. They do, yeah. Well, she is a love interest for him. Well, like, yes. Did she leave? Did she leave? Does she, like, at the end, were they together, or did she... No, they were together, but he but got he went to jail. to jail. That's right. So it's like, you know, kind of a wait for me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is a disappointment to me, because her chemistry with daredevil great is the like to me like i want them to be to not i don't want them to be together but i mean i I don't care but i want them to share like romantic scenes i kind of wish they at least fuck because that was like (laughs) this is kind of this seems to get like why not fuck like why not like put that in 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 some ways i appreciate that that didn't happen but i guess (laughs) it's just because they're so good together they're so good together and it's just like it makes me worry like in the defenders is she just gonna be like triangle love triangle i hope not i i don't think they'll do it because i haven't done that it's annoying because i want her like I'm, I know what's gonna happen is that they're gonna have to be in the show and she's just gonna be like has her one romantic thing will just be with um, Luke Cage yeah I know that's what they're going to do and it's kind of annoying because it's kind of like erasing what you know her and death yeah oh, true well I did I guess they kind of broke up in season one but you know there's history there there's you know history I mean? for sure yeah that's true but um did they, they had one scene in season two together, didn't they? The devil. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, like, he wasn't in any kind of headspace to be, like, hey... Like, yeah, because he w- it was his asshole, like, face. He was in his asshole's face. Yeah. was, like, fuck everyone. But Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, no, she's great in the show. Yes. You know, like, and she was, even in her little one episode in Jessica Jones, where she meets Luke Oh, Cage. yeah, loved it. I love... I, what I loved about her is that she calls these main characters out on their bullshit. She does. That's her function. And yeah. She does it so well. She yeah. says what you're thinking. Yes. She's things. the sanest. Yeah. She's like this audience. She's surrogate. an audience surrogate for yeah. sure. That's a great way to put it. And um, yeah, no, she's she's terrific. You know, even the stink of Luke Cage doesn't get on her. No, no. Even the stink of a of another show. <laughs> uh, but that's coming up soon. Yes, we're we're closer. We're, we're getting close, closer. We're now. closer now. But first, final final thoughts on Luke Cage. Uh, it's. Out of the three so far, it's my least favorite. Yeah, sure. Uh, only because, you know, I wanted it to... It, like, squandered the potential that it could have had. Um, and, you know, I wanted it to be good, but ultimately it's crime, like the next show. Uh, actually, <laughs> it's crime is that it's just loses... Lo- I lost interest in it at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that is its biggest flaw, which is just... It just wasn't interesting at the yep, end. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like, I think, you know, by episode 9, I was watching halfway through, and I thought... And I never thought it with these previous Netflix shows, you know, yeah. flaws and shit. I never thought, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta watch the next few episodes until this is over. I, like, I'm obligated to watch this. Yeah, exactly. I feel kind of trapped, and I just... I kind of hoped it would get back to better or realize its potential but it just left me like mad when <laughs> the last episode was just like 
No. Yeah. No, we'll we'll do what we we'll do. It. We'll go at our own pace, which is a fucking snail pace, and uh, you'll either like it or you won't. Which uh, you know, I was, I was disappointed by. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not saying it's like without its pleasures. And it stuff has like that. great moments. There's great moments. There's great scenes, but yeah, it's very much an ex- the worst kind of example. I feel of like let's take a movie and stretch it out to thirteen hours. <laughs> that's that. That's yeah. that Stanley. Yeah, that's Stanley. Stanley's back. That's bad Stanley. Like where he gets an idea and it's like a, not a good idea. Yeah. So it is kind of like that, and I think their biggest mis uh, like their biggest mistake is that they couldn't figure out what to do with a character that is indestructible. Absolutely. So they what they did bent was over just... backwards. Exactly. To give him, like, Insta- these yeah. plot problems which you yeah. don't care about because, like, let's let's be real. All these characters are fucking indestructible. They're yeah. not going to die. Exactly. The exactly. thing is, you've got to challenge their emotions, their exactly. values. Exactly. That's... that's what it's about. Yeah. It's not about, like, like oh, what are we going to do with him now? Like, oh, no, let's yeah. give him magic bullets. Yeah, they, they, their mistake is um, instead of uh, trying to give it him, like, character, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, antagonistic things to his character. They try yeah. to find, like, antagonistic things they to just, his it's power. Just, it's just plain obstacles, it, yeah. Yeah, they it, tailor it to his superpower it, instead I mean, of him absolutely. as a character. When you get right down to it, the last few episodes, it's just all power and no man. Yeah. Which is a you know, little joke because he's called Power Man originally. Oh, <laughs> uh, good one. <laughs> so, good know, one. It's all power and no man by the end. I mean, the man's kind of pale, but then there's no man at all. It's kind of sad. <laughs> but uh, it's not as sad as... Like an iron fist, which is... Wait, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Want to pause it? Yeah. Okay.